My Catholic friend and I sat at the bar waiting for our tacos, and we were having a discussion about confession. Little did I know, our conversation was being overheard. I'll tell you all about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. So good to be with you again here on The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, and this is the show where we seek to draw a little closer to the Lord with the help and of the advice and reflections of our spiritual directors. Yes, my friend and I were waiting at the bar for our order of tacos and discussing the sacrament of confession, as you do, I suppose. The bartender, though, paused in front of us. He had evidently overheard some of the things we were talking about, so he turned to me and equipped confession? I didn't realize they were still doing that. His humorous tone seemed mostly incredulous, but perhaps with a bit of genuine curiosity. Well, I replied, trying to adopt a similarly humorous tone. As it turns out, people are still sinning. I grinned and he chuckled, and then he went on his way to the other end of the bar. Confession, it's a practice that is well-known, but perhaps not so well-practiced, at least not in our wider society, which is too bad, of course, because our Lord is thirsting to pour out his forgiveness and grace upon us in and through this wonderful sacrament. Today here on The Inner Life, we'll be talking about confession. Do you have a significant experience in the sacrament of confession you'd like to share? When was a time the Lord met you, perhaps in an unexpected way, in the sacrament? How do you typically prepare to make a good confession? Phone lines are open, and we'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And our spiritual director for the hour ahead is Father Ramil Fajardo. Father Ramil is a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, where he is the rector of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, and also serves as a judge of the Metropolitan Tribunal. Father Fajardo, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Patrick. Thank you for having me on. I am excited about this topic, Father, and uh, it, I hope this isn't coming too much out of the blue, but I thought maybe a great place to start is if you could give us some of your experience as a confessor. What's it like for a priest who's hearing confessions? Is this, is this uh, something that really moves you spiritually as well? It is one of the greatest gifts that ordination gave to me. Uh, we were always taught the greatest gift you will ever receive is to be a pastor. Mm. Whatever whatever the church asks of you, the point is you are ordained to serve and to offer daily mass and to absolve sinners, to, to reconcile them with the church and with our Lord is the second equally great gift to be a dispenser of divine mercy. So in that regard, some, you know, as they always say, I'm sure people always think, do you remember people's confessions? And let's just get that out of the way right now. No, I don't. <laughs> what Fantastic. Once and for all, let's get that over with. We don't remember any problems because we have enough of our own. <laughs> I don't need to take yours on. So... Yeah. Uh, we, you know, it's in one ear and out the other. To our, you know, you're speaking to the Lord when a person comes to confession. You're speaking to Christ Himself. Mm. So I place my burdens on Him, and people, you know, we're just a good conduit, hopefully, to speak to our Lord. Yeah. And 
A second thought that crossed my mind was when I was first ordained and I was helping the kids in grade school go to first confession. Uh, we would always invite the parents to join us for, for the meetings. And I would say, you know, parents, let me talk to you guys. Your mm -hmm. kids are about to make their first confession. I'd like to encourage you to think of it this way. When these kids were born, you're carrying them, you're teaching them how to be, you know, your children. You're feeding them, you're protecting them, you're going to educate them, you're going to house them, you're going to clothe them. And sooner, sooner or later, they're going to start talking and the things they're going to say is, Mommy, Daddy, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. Occasionally, occasionally, yes. <laughs> um, but as they get older, you start telling them to say, I'm sorry. And then you tell them, now say like you mean it. And that is a lesson confession teaches us, learning how to say, I'm sorry. But as adults, and this is where the adult part comes in, you and I as adults have one more thing that we have to add on to that, which is, please forgive me. I've mm. done you wrong. Yeah. And there's a vulnerability that we as adults have to learn because somebody might not be able to forgive us. But the point is, we are reconciling ourselves. Yeah seeking forgiveness yeah huge point huge point maybe father remind us especially given what you just said of our need for forgiveness our need to go to the sacrament of confession particularly i know one of the things that can surface in our society these days um, especially in conversations between catholics and protestants is why can't we simply pray to god to have our sins forgiven why do we need to avail ourselves of the sacrament itself you know First and foremost, why does it have to be some sort of conflict? Why right. aren't you saying why, why aren't you saying I'm sorry to our Lord? You know, if you're not, why aren't you? Why aren't you going to your room, closing your door, and just say, Lord, I need to talk to you? All right? So it already begins there. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you're not doing that, we've got problems already. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Good point. Let's, let's start there. Fine. Yeah. Say you're sorry to the Lord. But our Lord also gave us his very sacrament of the church. The church is the mystical body. And being able to say, I'm sorry, has a communal dimension. It begins in the home, which is a communio in and of itself. But now it's the community of the wider world. Learning to say, I'm sorry, is made easier when you know, in the confidentiality of the confessional, one can learn to say, I've done this, I've examined my conscience, I'm really sorry because I've done this, 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 and this, and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Help me to try again. Mm -hmm. And there's where our Lord in his infinite goodness have said, pray to your Father in secret, but with this sacrament, you know for a fact that Christ heard you. You mm -hmm. know a fact, it's given, Christ has said, I absolve you from your sin, yeah. through his minister of the priest. Right, right. I have to say, Father, so I am a, I am a convert to the, the Catholic faith from a Protestant tradition, and uh, the first time I went to confession, after 38 years of sins, so <laughs> I was in there for a while, um, <laughs> but to hear those words, and I absolve you from your sin, in the name of the mm -hmm. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that was powerful, and it remains powerful even to today, um, And uh, but just that first time was just so powerful, even after years, those 38 years of asking God directly for, you know, his forgiveness, certainly, as you said before, going to my room, shutting the door, and asking God 
for our forgiveness for his forgiveness yeah and but it was still powerful to hear those words our spiritual director for the day is father ramil fajardo from the archdiocese of chicago and we're talking about the sacrament of confession do you have a significant time was there a significant time of confession for you was there a time when you when the lord met you in an unexpected way in the sacrament when was that tell us the story triple eight nine one four nine one four nine again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine or send us an email inner life at relevant radio.com father we've got mary who's calling in from rhode island mary welcome to the inner life hi there thank you for taking my call sure uh, I did go to confession uh, for quite a while ago, and um, and I, I told the priest that I had um, and and uh, he you know gave me gave me my penance. And uh, a few years after that, I, I had two daughters, and one of them passed away. She was only 24, and it tore me apart to lose her. And I, I kind of wanted to God to do that. It made for the punishment, but I would always cry, and I go to church all, every day, and I, I cry. In, I didn't think I would cry in church, but I did. You know, I would say, "This time I'm not gonna," but I just couldn't control it. And the, uh, the priest took notice of it, which was a different parish, and uh, took me aside and they wanted to try to help me. And I told him, um, you know, that I lost my daughter, and he just went out of his way to try to help me. And we talked about my sins, and I told him about the five abortions, and uh, he was kind of taken back about that. And he said, uh, asked me if I confessed him, and you know, I did, and he said, did he, did he follow it up with the district to give you? And I said, he did. And then he, he made the comment thing to remember is God reads our hearts okay and you were hurting the most important thing to remember is that as we start as Patrick and I started out you know everyone has to go to the room close the door and pray to your father in secret it begins there okay and the second part is to go and confess your sins in the anonymity and confidentiality of the confession right because it gets it out of your system healing can only begin once you remove that spiritual pus there's only cleansing that can happen when you remove the things that have built up over the years and some of the most powerful confessions I've heard have been father it has been 10 15 20 30 35 40 years since I've been to confession and it's one of those things that people hold on to but I think you found the key, which was, yes, and. Yes, I prayed to my Father. Yes, I prayed for forgiveness. Yes, God reads your heart. And you were able to expel 
the poison that's in your heart so that you can begin healing. God yeah. is justice and mercy, according to St. Faustina Kowalska. That's nothing new. We've always known that. That's the gospel of Divine Mercy Sunday, the Sunday after Easter Sunday. Christ came. Forgive. You can forgive their sins. Hmm. Thank you for the call, Mary. Thank you for your story as well. And Father, it seems to me, based off of Mary's story too, and what you were just saying to her, that perhaps it seems like that that might be a tactic of the enemy too, even after having uh, expressed contrition, uh, both in the privacy of our own rooms and then availing ourselves of the sacrament of confession, that we still don't, quote unquote, feel forgiven, or we're not convinced that we're forgiven. And that seems to be, again, uh, uh work of the evil one. Would I be on the right track there? Absolutely, because the fallen spirit is malicious and perverted and takes delight in seeing us with our face in the dirt, you know, because he hates mankind because through man, and especially a woman, salvation and his defeat took place right. and takes place and will take place. And when you and I rest exclusively on our feelings and do not engage our intellect, what we have then is a giving in to sadness. Um, I do an examination of conscience every night, and there are two points which I like to remind myself, and I say it frequently during the course of the day. Penultimate point, second to the last point, do I give in to sadness knowing that it's an ally of the enemy? Hmm. And the final point is, do I live with the joy of knowing he is a son of God, a child of God? Nice. Okay, It always ends with that divine filiation. Christ came to pull us up out of the mud. He, he's not there to sit in the mud with us. No, he, he goes into the mess of sin and darkness to pull us into his wonderful light. You know, we're not kept down. That's the difference. The evil spirits love and are perverted enough to see us crying and suffering. That's not God. God calls us, come. Thanks be to God, indeed, that He will meet us, meet us even in the muck, in the muck of our of our own sin and our own lives, and He does so so generously and graciously. Our spiritual director today, Father Ramil Fajardo from the Archdiocese of Chicago, as we're talking about the Sacrament of Confession. Do you have a significant experience in the Sacrament of Confession you'd like to share? When was a time the Lord met you in an unexpected way in the sacrament? How do you typically prepare to make a good confession? Give us a call. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, let's dial back into the basic steps of going to confession in case maybe there are some who are listening who haven't been to confession in quite some time. Uh, can you just walk us through the experience of the sacrament? Absolutely. It as I always say, when people walk into my confessional, as soon as I have my very first opportunity, whatever a person has confessed, my first question is, so how is the prayer life? Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that is important. Why? Because when we pray, I always like to point it out as our accountability to God. We are Christians, so we are accountable by taking on the sign of the cross on ourselves. We make ourselves accountable by choice to be judged by God because we have said I believe I make the sign of the cross and so therefore I believe that all has God all that God has taught us in and through his church so we begin with prayer what did your prayer tell you that is called the examination of conscience now point to make where you know 
we're not looking for excruciating detail. Let's get that clear. <laughs> you, know, you don't <laughs> don't have to go into excruciating detail. You don't have to tell. You know, I I, I have done this. I've committed the sin fifty eight times, and I'm tending towards fifteen. No, 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 no. I think the the reason why the church in her wisdom has said type and kind and times number of times you've done it is to point out to you the penitent the tendencies and the things that you have to work on so if i cheated on my lenten fast five times today it's not about cheating five times with chocolate or whatever penance you're trying to take on but rather asking yourself but why five times uh, that's the issue that's the yeah. issue We're, we don't care that it was five times for the sake of five times but it's there's a pattern of behavior the pattern of behavior is what it has to be addressed okay okay so it begins with an examination of conscience look over your life don't go in excruciating detail that's not particularly necessary it just shows us your your development and pattern of behavior and then when you go to the confessional you wait your turn and you offer a few prayers and remind yourself this is the tribunal of mercy divine mercy when you when you go into the confessional whether it's behind the screen or doing face to face we then are you know a, a penitent is welcomed by the priest who then says may the lord be in your heart that you may worthy, that you may confess your sins with true sorrow and it's an invitation and the the penitent will say father it's been blank since i've been to confession a week two weeks a month five years 10 years 50 years since i've been last to confession i've examined my conscience and this is what I'm seeing in my life, where I have sinned against God and my neighbor. Give us a few, give a few examples. What are the predominant sins? What are the predominant struggles? Temptations are not sins unless you give in to that. It's okay to be tempted to, you know, break your Lenten fast. I had meat on Friday. Okay, well, all right. Did you, did you offer up and I'm sorry at least? <laughs> you know, right, right. To, you know. Part of it, part of it, is knowing that we priests have not heard anything new, mm. and you know, brother priests are always like, it's always the usual thing. I, oh, you know, I hit my little sister, or I didn't do my homework. I talked back to mommy and daddy, or you know, that sort of thing. We're not surprised. We're not surprised by sins. What we're there to do is to help you, the penitent, see areas of improvement, because there's always room for improvement. All right, and when those sins have been expressed and contrition appropriately given we will give you some advice we can take a few minutes or we can just say all right good good keep up the good work and then a little bit of advice and then finally for a penance why don't you offer these prayers or for a penance can you go do a couple of hours at the soup kitchen you know something like that it's got to be tangible but the most common way of doing it is expressing a few prayers. And I always like to tell people, just say one, just say this prayer before you walk out of the church. Take care of the penance now. Go and sin no more, as Christ himself said. Then the act of contrition by the, by the penitent, and the priest grants the absolution. And then, yeah. you know, the Lord has freed you from your sins. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Very good. There, there's the bare bones of it anyway, with some some great commentary as well from our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo, from the Archdiocese of Chicago. 
We are talking about confession today here on the Inner Life. So if you really, if the Lord really met you in an unexpected or significant way in the sacrament of confession and you have a story to tell, we'd love to hear it. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with more of the Inner Life right after this. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. We are speaking today about the great sacrament of confession with our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo, where he's the, he's the rector of the National Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. He also serves as a judge of the Metropolitan Tribunal for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Roy, who's calling in from Madison, Wisconsin. Roy, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. You bet. Thanks for letting me ask my question. Um, as I told you, producer, the money. I'm uh, not a Catholic, but my daughter became Catholic, and I love the Catholic Church. I talk to Drew and Father Rocky a lot. But my question is this about confession, uh, and you guys might have touched on it earlier, so I apologize if you did. About uh, number one, two questions: Is where's it at in the Bible, the sacrament confession? Uh, number one, I'd like to know that, and, and number two is. Uh, when you do confession, I think it's a cool idea, a cool concept, because I see it as getting something that's bothering you real bad off your chest. And you, I can say it to God, like you said, I can pray to God and apologize and ask for forgiveness for a bad sin. But then if you get it off your chest to a person, a human being, uh, number one, it's probably better for you mentally, right, and spiritually. Then the last question was, what if they keep doing it? What if I sin that sin and I come in again to confession next week and it's the same sin? Eventually, doesn't the Father know that you're just doing this all the time? So I'll listen to your answers on those, please. So. Thank you, Roy. All legitimate questions. Thank you very much. Um, continue praying about the grace that God gives you. Uh, you know, we're we're all united in this wonderful heart of Christ. Now. To your question, first and foremost, most non-Catholics uh, like to point out that in the Old Testament and even in the Psalms, there's you know our Lord God retains to Himself, you know the uh, the transgressions of sins. I am your judge. We 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 understand that, and even in the Book of Hebrews and in uh, First Timothy, I think it is First Timothy. There's only one mediator between God and man. All right, everybody knows that. This is how do you dare call someone your father? There's only one father. How can you say that Christ, uh, that a man can forgive sins? Because there's only one mediator, mediator between God and man. Okay, that being said, uh, as I like to always point out, the Catechism of the Catholic Church is your friend. <laughs> the Sacrament of Penance and Reconciliation is covered in 1440. And Roy's question is absolutely powerful because it gives a fullness. If, you, if we truly understood how Christ is in the world through his church and by extension through us, his disciples, followers, and apostles, then you could see how the, the salient point here is in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, 
verse, around, I think, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That refers back to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16, about how Christ gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven to St. Peter and the uh, and the apostles, the apostolic, what we call the apostolic college, who we call the apostolic college. So, Roy, already in the gospel, the pinnacle of the sacred scriptures, the fulfillment of the prophecies are the four gospels. And our Lord says, peace be with you. So God sent his son to give us peace and everlasting life. And how does he do this? With the Holy Spirit. Speaking to the apostles, he says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Receive it. Now, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If, there's, if you retain those sins, they are retained. Very clear instructions. What the church then has done is to say, now, how do we do that? And that is called the church. And that's how the sacraments eventually were given their definitive shape. All the sacraments are found in sacred scripture. And this passage of John chapter 20, our Lord's explicit words to his apostles. I've given you the basis by the keys. Now, this is what you are to do. Forgive sins. And the church, after our Lord returned to the Father, said, okay, and this is how we will do it. We develop the sacramental system in that regard. So, Roy, you're absolutely correct. A wonderful thing that our Lord does is says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. The confessional is a wonderful way of doing that. The, the, the absolute confidentiality and uh, the, the, the privacy of that discussion. That's why I like the confessional box, to be quite honest, because you don't see each other. All you hear is our Lord's voice through the priest. Hopefully we are dispensers of divine mercy and we do our job because, because we are called to do so. But regardless, it is Christ who you are speaking with, not a priest, not a man. It is Christ himself. Yeah, excellent explanation, Father. And then what about his uh, Roy's follow-up question specifically? We wanted to get into this anyway, but specifically about habitual <clears throat> sin or sins that are that are confessed again and again and again. How does that how does the excellent. how does that play in the sacrament? Excellent. That, that's why a good examination of conscience, as as I was trying to explain earlier, is key to all this you see a pattern of behavior. Now, when people come in and they confess, uh, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. I cheated on my diet 15 times in the last two days. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> I'm on a diet myself, you know, my mom, my mom and my sister, I was like, watch your intake. Um, mm. It's hard. And then there are those things that we normally, conf that people would normally associate with real, uh, real kind of like uh, discouragement areas in the sexual in sexual matters one thing we got to keep in mind these issues and temptations will only cease about 10 minutes when we're dead <laughs> they will always be with us if we can accept the fact that we're going to be truly human then why would we be surprised if we will fall again in the next day or so okay that's the wisdom of the church. We're not saying, okay, you did this, you're going to go to hell. 
The church is saying, mercy says you're capable of doing better because of love, not fear. We're not a fear-based religion. There is the proper fear of the Lord, but it's a fear based on love. If you love someone enough, how would you want to disappoint them? You would actually be afraid of disappointing someone. That's fear, not fear of punishment, but fear of failing in love. So if you're struggling with points, all right, just throw any point out there with what's my predominant struggle, um, then I will do the best I can. And remember, I will do the best I can. Remember what the act of contrition says. Oh my God, I am truly sorry for having offended you. And I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who are all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace. I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more, to amend my life, and to avoid the near occasions of sin. Absolution and penance is not passive. It is a gift we exercise. Yeah. Very good. Our spiritual director today, as we're speaking about confession here on the Inner Life, Father Ramil Fardo, and Father Ramil is, yeah, giving us some great, uh, some great responses to Roy's questions. Roy, I hope that helps you out a lot. And uh, let's go from Roy now to Dolores, who's calling in from California. Dolores, thanks for calling into the Inner Life. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for taking my call. And this has been bugging me for quite some time, uh, Father. This is my question. When I go to confession, do I go into detail why I sin, for example? If I lie, do I go into detail what took me to the lie? Sometimes I think I talk too much, and I, and I tell the priest, well, I did this and that and that, and that's why I lied. Or do I just say, I lied, or why I stole or why I fail to be compassionate because this person did this, that, that, and it led me to this. Could you help me? Since, and again, I think I just talk too much, or do I just say straight out, I lied, I cheated, I stole, I was rude? Thank you, Father, for taking my question. Sure, Dolores, not a problem. Thank you very much for your question. Excellent question, actually. Um, I'm going to my doctor tomorrow because I have a, I have a new uh, I have a checkup, and the doctor's going to ask me. So what's going on? Oh, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> that doesn't really answer the question. Uh, she wants she'll want to know. Okay, so what's going on in your life? So your question is legitimate. How far should I go into explaining why it happened? And you know, there's no such thing as a right or wrong answer. This is an art form, ultimately you have to answer the question or since you've presented yourself forgive me father for i've sinned it's been about a month since my last confession and in that time having examined my conscience uh, i've sinned in the following way number one um and i'm just making something up dolores this is not obviously this is not you but uh, <laughs> you know i uh, i was kind of mean towards a neighbor and the reason why is because we aren't seeing eye to eye on the property line so uh, I think bad thoughts about her and I saw her walking out of her house and I do that quite often father I, I'm afraid I probably do it every time I see her walking in and I saw her at least three times since since my last confession that is helpful you don't have to go into too much detail all right I think what is needed is enough information for the confessor to help you diagnose 
where you're going wrong or where you're kind of a little out of sync. That's why my follow-up question, the minute I get a chance, is to say, so how's the prayer life? Prayer is our accountability because if we remain in the presence of God throughout the course of the day, then he is our circuit breaker. He's our accountability. We have to account for our behavior and our thoughts every single moment of our life. You know, we're not, we, we can't be 100% uh, talking to our God in, in the sense of formal prayer. But if we rest in the presence of God, then we know in grace he rests in our hearts and our souls. So the kingdom of God is within us. Our Lord dwells within us in grace after a great sacramental confession, after receiving him in, in the Holy Eucharist, he has come to make sure that we know he is with us. So you don't have to over-explain to the priest. It's just simply, I have tendencies toward this because you know what? My prayer life is kind of, I, I'm discouraged because I keep doing the same things over and over again. Okay, all right, fair. Keep up the good work. Just promise our Lord you'll continue praying and joyfully praying. Lord, I know you don't, I'm not telling you anything new. I am not telling you anything new because you read into my heart and mind already. I'm just admitting it to myself. And you know, I like to picture our Lord saying, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, right. I see you every moment. I, I know. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> Have a real personal relationship. You know, he is our savior. He is our divine master, but he's also our beloved. You can say things that you normally couldn't say to other people who we were not intimate with. Our Lord wants you to do better. So, Dolores, to answer your question, you don't have to go into too many details, but there's a pattern of behavior that you need to discover and own up to. So that's what you need to talk about to the priest. Hmm. Very good, Dolores. Thank you for the call as well as we're speaking about confession here on The Inner Life. Let's take another call. We've got Jeff who's calling in from New Mexico. Jeff, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you so much. Um, so my question today is for someone that may have um, fallen away from the church for a few decades, or maybe someone coming into the church um, later in life, they make that good kind of first general confession to get those 20, 30 years taken care of. But then maybe as you continue in your sacramental life, a year or two later, things pop up in your head, oh, I, I, this was from 20 years ago, I never mentioned that. At what point, my understanding, you, you know, confession is still valid, um, you know, just can bring it up in your next confession. But at what point, for someone who may be slightly scrupulous, do you maybe draw the line and say, okay, I'm still continually trying to dig things up from the past that I've been forgiven for? I need to quit doing that and live in the present and look towards the future instead of things keep popping up in your head. Well, did I confess that? Did I not? And then you're kind of walking the line of, well, is the Lord trying to bring me, bring it up for some healing? Or am I being overly scrupulous and wondering, was that confession really valid? Type of, does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. This is the point where the penitent at some, uh, you know, eventually just has to say, all right, that's enough. That is enough. This is the sort of thing that is, a, that is definitely a struggle. So absolutely, I agree with you. It's a struggle when to draw the line. But a healthy spiritual life 
is a realization that we are going to we, we are going to have faults we're going to have failures that's simply human life the sacraments are there to help sustain us so a good prayer life a good spiritual life part of the journey when things get revealed is not to highlight it excessively but to say oh I hadn't thought about that in such a long time and to bring it to a conversation with the Lord in your prayer and just say wow now what am I supposed to learn from that because it did come up and if it's just something it's like well yeah you know um, I pulled Susie's hair in grade school <laughs> I forgot all about that um, alright well own up to it and then move on I know I'm not trying to be dismissive of anybody who's, who genuinely struggles with questions of scrupulosity. It exists. It's very real. Um, and people who struggle that way really need a lot of care and patience and, and love. Because I, I know people who really struggle. It's not an easy thing to deal with. But for the average person, for those, for those who try to stay, you know, aware, is to just say, okay, Lord, you brought that up for a reason. And then just say, and I entrust that memory to Our Lady. Hmm. You know, Our Lady of Good Counsel. Our Lady, you know, um, cause of our joy. Mother of fairest love. Ask Our Lady, ask your guardian angel, ask St. Joseph, or any saint that you have a real devotion to, to help you take those memories, either kind of fairly light memories, or more heavy memories, and just say, I entrust this to you. Please bring it to our Lord for healing and for forgiveness. And live as though you have been called into his wonderful life. That is something you have to believe. Remember in, in the Gospel of John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not so that it might not be condemnation, but that they might have everlasting life. Right? That's about being fully alive in Christ because he he came to give us everlasting life not repeat memories or condemnation amen amen to that jeff great question thank you for calling in father great response we're talking about confession here on the inner life today if you have a story of confession or a question about confession some great questions this hour thank you for that callers Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back right after this, so stay with us. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to our producer, Nick Sentevich, and Gabby Burke and Sarah Tavoy have been taking the phone calls as well. My thanks to them as well. And to our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo from the Archdiocese of Chicago, as we're talking about confession. Uh, Father, we have Ray, who's been waiting very patiently, calling in from Reno, Nevada. Ray, welcome mm -hmm. to The Inner Life. Thanks for waiting. No, no problem. Uh, good morning, both of you. I just wanted a to um, share a little levity for people that are nervous. Yeah. Um, once uh, I had given up my career to um, happily take care of my husband during his Alzheimer's journey, he, who passed a few years ago, and couldn't go to Mass 
couldn't go to confession, and I had an opportunity with my sister. So, of course, you know, I'm unloading. And um, (laughs) the priest was so kind. He said, well, I want you to go to Swenson's and have two scoops of strawberry ice cream with your sister. (laughs) I looked at him, and I said, "Uh, okay. So I walked out with a smile on my face, and it didn't didn't dawn on me until we were having ice cream at Swenson's that... um, he felt I was already doing my penance mm-hmm. <laughs> by taking care of, yeah. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to share that in case someone is nervous. You just never know. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty nervous that day. So, anyway, that's it. Well, well thank you, Ray. That's You know, us priests, really, I do not know personally a single priest who doesn't take the sacrament of reconciliation seriously we take the sacrament so seriously because obviously you know by law morally and canonically we are not allowed to talk about anything outside of the confessional we cannot even allude to hearing confessions there is an absolute confidentiality regarding the sacrament of reconciliation so again let's just clear that up with anyone who might be feeling nervous absolute confidentiality we do not talk about it. And the reason why, as I said, I, I too was being a little uh, light, light-hearted there. I've got enough problems. I don't need other people's problems clogging up my mind. So it goes straight to God. It really does. And I honestly, this is a public testimony right now, I don't remember a single confession I've ever heard. I do not remember a single confession. And that actually is miraculous. Why? Because we're trained to remember names, especially our parishioners, their needs, <laughs> right? We're trained for that. But the Sacrament of Reconciliation, amazingly, we don't remember a single confession. So, pastorally speaking, Father gave a wonderful, wonderful penance there. Get some ice cream. <laughs> yeah, you know, do, do this with your sister because it's important building the kingdom of God with even the closest of the existential peripheries, as Pope Francis talks about. Oftentimes it's our family. Oftentimes it can be our family. Those existential peripheries are not necessarily in other countries. They could be as close as your family. And that's where healing has to take place as well. So thank you for your testimony and your your comment there, Ray. That's exactly the point. Friends, it is not a bad experience. It's kind of like being born again. I actually have a really interesting perspective on confession if you're using the old traditional confessional where it's nice and dark you walk in you close the door it's it's dark maybe a little bit of light but usually it's dark the priest slides that door open that window you don't see him you can only hear him but there's light coming from that side you speak in whispered tones the door shuts you step back outside again and you take a deep breath and you're like oh i'm glad that's over with and you're back in the light now, to me, that speaks very eloquently of being born again, because nice. it is it is like you're taking your first breath, as if you're coming from your mother's womb, you get that, I guess, spiritual slap on the bottom, and you take your first breath again, <laughs> and wow, it's like, yes, now I, can, now I can smile again, now I can get, I left it with God. 
love it's, it. It's actually a really beautiful thing. It's the same thing if you take a nice cold shower. What happens after you turn off the water? <gasps> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's like breathing again as if for the first time, taking all the breath you can. Love it, Father. Thank you for that. And Ray, thank you for your phone call and adding some levity to it because it can be it can be a little intimidating, of course, even mm-hmm. if you've been to confession a number of times. So um, love love to hear those kind of stories, those very human stories of everything that's going on there. And not to uh, not to say that it's not a divine story as well. Love to hear that. Uh, let's go now. Let's take a call from Ken, who's calling in from Chicago, Illinois. Of course, uh, Ken, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you, and thank you for your program. I've been listening for some time now, and, uh, well, it's one of the reasons I feel I'm being drawn to Catholicism. Wow. Great. Uh, I've been a lifelong Protestant, uh, a better Protestant at times than others, and, of course, being a Protestant, I've confessed my sins to God, but I've never had a confessional experience, and Mm. I'm a little nervous about the prospect of you know, walking in and saying, Father, uh, it's been 67 years since my last confession. You might be there for days. <laughs> what, what does it mean? How do, I, uh, how do I absolve myself of 67 years? I certainly can't remember every time I would have grieved God. Well, as we said earlier, Ken, um, God already read your heart. He knew you a long time ago. You are exclusively His. He loves you because He made you. He created you. He knows you better than you know yourself. All He's asking for you in confession is to just own up to it. I failed in this area, this, this, and this. And again, no, no need for excruciating details. What the, what the church wants you to do is to identify for yourself areas of improvement. How have I been unfaithful? How have I sinned against God and His people? And what can I do better? And the final point, thank you. Thank you, God, for this great gift of everlasting life in the sacrament of reconciliation. It's a cleansing experience. I, I cannot emphasize enough. We're, walk, we're running right into the Easter season here. Holy Week is next week. And it is a wonderful time to say, let's, let's get a restart. Let's start fresh. There's, no, there's nothing more worthwhile than just owning up to ourselves and our weakness but knowing that we can throw ourselves upon the mercy of God. Amen to that. Yeah, very good. Ken, I hope that helps. I hope that uh, the Lord continues to lead you into the sacrament. Father, I'd just like to throw in an, an email here that we received. Ralph asks, can all sins be forgiven? That's a good question for a show on confession. Very good. Very good one. I think I think we all know the question of that, or the answer to that is to that question is that the only the only sin that can't be forgiven is the one that you just simply will not surrender. The unforgivable sin of, you know, I reject God. I absolutely reject God. And I will not give this up. I will, you know, and, and it's made with full intent. I do not, I do not intend to give this up because, Lord, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. That would be really absolutely the worst thing. Final impenitence, the church always has called it final impentance i simply no i just don't need god that much and i don't know of any single person that would probably ever say that i and i hope not to because that's that would be very sad it would be but sins yeah all in fact remember um patrick how our holy father extended the the uh faculty the universal making it a universal faculty for all priests to absolve from the sin of abortion 
in the year of great mercy, right. the Jubilee of Mercy. Is that important? God wants to forgive. Let's begin the step towards him. My final thought, the story of the prodigal son mm-hmm. is, is important and uh, an important image to remember. Remember that the son just started climbing over that hill and his father who had been standing up there with his friends looking out where is he where is he he picked up his garment and he ran towards him and no doubt our lord would have been saying to the people around him you see that even the father is that merciful because the people the he would have understood the people would have said he needs to come to you and kiss your feet why are you running to him because the father loves you that much he will save you the humiliation What a beautiful reflection. What a beautiful story. God wants to forgive. In fact, he's literally dying to forgive, isn't he? So, Father, um, we've reached the end of our show, but uh, we would love for your blessing, please, as we continue on to uh, seek out the graces and mercies of God. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, and your guardian angel, may you know, know God, find God, and to receive his blessing. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ramil Fajardo has been our, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. Thank you for all the great calls. Coming up next, it's the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with Father Daniel Schuster. And tomorrow, praying the passion on The Inner Life. Until then, grace and peace.